Welcome to the Nasred Podcast, where Nasred talks about movies, a place where movies are discussed. Today, I'm doing something a little different, and this is on based on the suggestion of my good friend and friend of the podcast, George Ross Santorino, who basically said, you know, why don't you do update videos for Debbie and the Devil? Uh, if you've been following the fo- podcast, uh, one of the guests that I've had twice on the show to talk about uh, his uh, movie Zendog was Rick Darge. And my friend Rick, in, in case you haven't heard those two episodes, Rick kickstarted a film uh, years ago, like I, I think almost like five years ago or four years ago or something like that. And he kickstarted, uh, you know, uh, 30 grand and he went across the country and made this indie film called Zendog. It's a really great film. I was lucky enough to be able to see it. And while he was filming it, he uh, would do update videos and it was really great because it let you know it it gave him an opportunity to let the backers in on the process of making this film zendog and it sort of added to the to the magic of the film and stuff and uh on march 10th i shot the first film the the first scene for my film debbie and the devil i was able to you know put my crew together and i had a nice uh, a really good director of photography named uh, Lucas Petassi, and we basically shot this scene. And my friend George Ross basically said, you know, you should do, you know, update videos to sort of let people in on the journey. And I'd like to tell you about the journey thus far. And so basically, anytime I have some sort of news or update or something in regards to my horror film, Debbie and the Devil, which I'm making this year, uh, I will come and, and uh, you know, uh, give you a little update. Now, the thing is, uh, this podcast, we, I am trying my best, and I'm, I'm sticking to it, to, to release a new episode at 7 a.m. every Monday. That's the schedule. However, sometimes I may want to do something a little different. Like, for instance, this, is, this update video, the format is very different from a normal episode. A normal episode... I would be talking about a film that I've seen, and if I have a guest, we're sort of jiving on this on the on the film together and stuff. But uh, something like this, which is you know, I, I'm I'm going to be releasing this the, right after I record it, and it's not on a Monday at 7 a.m. It's like on a Tuesday or something. You know, I just want to I, because here's the thing: I really enjoy doing this podcast. It's it's given me a lot of joy. It's given me a lot of fun, and I've been able to create, a, build a, a small little audience for myself, and that's really cool. And so, basically, I mean, it is called the Nasred Podcast, or Nasred Talks About Movies, and uh, that's what it is. But there's a difference between when I'm, you know, talking about a film that I've seen that really that I respond to, and I have some thoughts on it. There's a huge difference with that and me talking about a film that I'm working on for myself. You know, I'm, I will always be a fan of cinema. I am the, the guy that loves cinema. And I, I, I think if you're listening to this, you are the guy or girl that also loves cinema and stuff. But where my fandom sort of ends is where my, create, my own creativity begins. And making this film, Debbie and the Devil, it's been such a long road. It's been a great road. There's been a lot of twists and turns, a lot of winding in the road and stuff like that, but it's been a lot of fun. And I realized that, you know, since I have this small little morsel of an audience now, I'd like to let you in on the the process and stuff so that when it finally comes out and you see it, you will be satisfied or something, you know, just just take my hand. Come here. Give me your hand. Give me. Give me. Don't be shy. Give me your hand. Let's let's go through this little journey. 
I don't know how long ago this happened, but it happened a while ago, and it could be even five years ago. I'm really not sure. But I will. It, it, it was so long ago, there was this these things, and, you know, if you've listened to the episode with Lucas Lee Graham, who is a direct, he's my friend, but he was a director of photography on Escape from Tomorrow and Suburban Gothic and really good, you know, indie horror films and stuff like that. I explained this to him because he had a little bit to do with this. What happened was, around the time that Blockbuster was starting to close, and if you don't know what Blockbuster video is, there there used to be these amazing things. They were these businesses, and they were called video stores, and they had these things called videos, and on these videos they had movies, and you could go to these video stores and rent these movies and watch them, and you had to bring them back after a certain amount of time, and if you didn't, you would get a late fee and all that stuff. So anyway, Blockbuster was starting to close, and so all of the Blockbusters that were around me were starting to liquidate all of their inventory, and when, you know, a store does that, they knock off the prices and stuff, and so I was going around, you know, every Blockbuster that would close, I would go and sort of like, you know, go through their inventory and find little things that I can get for a good price and stuff like that. Because, you know, Blockbuster, their selection wasn't always the best, but it was, they had good movies and stuff. So when I would go to these Blockbusters, as Blockbuster was sort of winding down and was about to sink pretty much, uh, I noticed a film that always ah oh, fucking plane is going by but anyway maybe that was a jet who knows but uh i i noticed a film called excision and the the cover of this dvd always captured my eye it had like a a, a woman on it a, a girl and then on the bottom there was a girl that was upside down and it was the same girl and they kind of looked different and stuff and it looked bloody and there was a like little excerpt from a review from I believe Nathan Rabin from uh, AV Club that said a supremely nasty piece of work in the best way possible and I always knew because I, I respect that that uh, critic and I like AV Club and stuff and that little blurb little expert excerpt always stuck with me and it always made me curious to see this film and so you know, I didn't get it the first time I saw it or even the second time I saw it. And then one day, one of the blockbusters around my neighborhood was closing. And finally, I was just like, fuck it, just get this get this movie. It was like $3.99 or something. And so I get this movie and I watch it with my roommate, Lucas, who, you know, was my roommate at the time. And we were watching this film. And it's not like I was watching it and my expectations were low. It's just that it managed to really kind of blow my mind. I mean, not kind of blow my mind. It blew my mind. Uh, it was, it was, it, it was emotional. It was disturbing. It was funny. It was all of these great things that that I look for in in a movie. It it, it just sort of it kind of punched me in the stomach emotionally a little bit, and I really loved it. And usually what I do after I've seen a movie, especially a movie by someone that I've never heard of before, I look them up. Like I look up, what was that person? You know, I go on IMDb and, you know, look up their info and stuff. And I saw that this film was written and directed by this cat, Richard Bates Jr., right? And so I look at his Twitter 
And then I see that he had retweeted a tweet from one of my friends, uh, Lucas Lee Graham. And it was a tweet about him making a shot list or something like that. And then I realized, oh shit, my friend is working on this guy's second movie. And it kind of quietly blew me away because of this. When I was a young kid, and I didn't know anybody in the film business or anything, I was just this kid in Fremont, California, which is just this shitty little town, and, you know, Hollywood might as well have been a million miles away, you know? Like, the the, the fact that, you know, uh, these people were making these films, and I mean, again, it was like something that was like a million miles away, the film industry. And realizing that my friend was sort of working on this guy's second film and sort of noticing the fact that this guy, Richard Bates Jr., who one day maybe he'll come on the podcast. I don't know. I've never met him personally, but we have, you know, a mutual friend. This cat sat down and wrote and made not just a great horror film, but a great film. And I was really greatly inspired by that, that someone that was like around my age kind of came from the same place in the sense that he knew nobody in the business and he came and and made his flick and he did it and it was clearly, you know, I'm, I'm guessing a labor of love and stuff. It was very, very inspiring to me. And so I realized, you know what? Do Do that. Make not just what you think will be a good horror film, Make a great film. Make a film that is everything that you love about film. Make, you want to make a horror film, Nas? Make the, a horror extravaganza. Make something really fucking awesome because that's what you love. Like if I, I, I don't uh, particular, I don't have a, a, a favorite type of film. I like any film that gets my motor going. And uh, more often than not, uh, the, the movies that get my motor going or kind of tickle me are horror films and stuff. And so I realized, and this was, again, this was like five something years ago. I realized, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down. I'm going to write what I think is, a, is, a, is an amazing film, is, is, a, is a great horror film. And I'll write it so that it's kind of low budge. So I, low budget. I was trying to act cool. Low budge. But uh, it was kind of low budge. And, uh, you know, write it with, you know, based on, you know, locations that you have or anything. And just, just basically write something. So then I came up with this title, Debbie and the Devil. Sort of knowing that the type, the title is commercial, Debbie and the Devil. It sounds like a cool, funky horror film and stuff. And so I sat down and I wrote this script. And this was years ago. And then I wrote it and, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to make it and stuff. And then, you know, I've written 20 plus scripts in my life. Like, uh, more than 20 plus scripts. I've written a lot of scripts. And so... Every, you know, I, I wrote this script and, you know, every time I would write a script, I would expect film cans to fall from the sky when I was finished. And, you know, I realized that writing the script is like the easiest part, especially for me. I'm, I'm, it, it, it comes naturally to me. I mean, I'm not saying that to sound arrogant or anything. It just does. It's, you know, I've practiced at it for a long time. And so I wrote it and then I was like, okay, I'm going to do a Kickstarter and at the time, I was partying every night with my cousin, and so I wasn't able to totally manage the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter fell on its 
face. I put the script aside. And then, you know, it feels like every year I would see some sort of horror film or some, you know, something that would get me to pull the script out of the drawer and rewrite it. Like, I've rewritten this script. And I'm not talking about, like, going over it. I mean scrapping the entire concept and just leaving the title and rewriting it from scratch. Like, rewriting a totally different scenario and this and that. Because... You know, when the Kickstarter failed, I got disheartened and I realized, okay, I want to write this again. Same title, but different thing and stuff, just to keep it fresh. And I've, you know, I uh, I realized, A, film canisters are not going to fall from the sky. I got to, I gotta, you know, bootstrap it a little bit. And if I want to make this, I got to make it. I'm a first-generation filmmaker, and anybody who's a first-generation filmmaker knows nobody wants to fucking help you, and that's fine. That's that's just the way it is. You got to prove yourself to yourself, and you got to prove yourself to the industry and to the people around you and to your friends and stuff. You you got to. You can't. No, nobody's gonna give it to me. And uh, but I rewrote it again, and it just didn't feel right. The the, the script didn't gel. It didn't. I mean, it actually did. It was. It wasn't bad or anything. It's just I wasn't totally ready. And so I put it aside, and I just went about my life and wrote other scripts and stuff. And then cut to last fall, late summer, last fall. Jason, who has done the podcast several times, we just did the Power Rangers episode early in the month, and, you know, the first one that he did with me uh, was uh, Five Elements Ninja, and uh, we did a podcast about the big hit. Great guy, awesome guy. He's a voiceover guy also. And he does a workshop at his place, and uh, he asked me to come and guest direct it because Jason and I met... We made a short film called Detective Cook and Ashby, and I wrote and directed it, and that's how we met and stuff, and then we reconnected years later and stuff, and we've been, he's one of my best friends, you know, he's a really great guy, and he asked me to come and guest direct a, uh, a uh, workshop where, uh, you know, voiceover actors, they sort of stand in front of this green screen, and they sort of read parts that they got auditions for and stuff like that, and I would sort of guest direct them, and I met... A woman, a girl named Scarlett Brooks. And when I met her, and she was, we, we, we clicked right away. She's a really cool person, you know. And when I met her, I realized, wait, that's Debbie. Like, she had this, she still has, like, this, this really red hair. She has a very particular look. She's very beautiful, very funny, very, lots of personality and stuff. And when I met her, and this was uh, late summer, last fall, 2016, and I had written two Debbie and the Devil scripts, and I had put them away, and I had, I thought I had moved on and stuff, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'll, my mo first movie will be something, but it won't be Debbie and the Devil. And when I met her, I realized, oh my God, this is Debbie. And so uh, we sort of made, we met for coffee, you know, a couple weeks later, and I basically told her, look, I have this title, Debbie and the Devil. I don't know what it is. I have a few images in my mind, but I really don't know exactly what it's going to be. I just know that you're the you're Debbie. 
And she was down from day one. She's an awesome girl. She's really cool. And I can't, one of the big reasons I can't wait to finish this movie is so people can see her performance. She's really cool. So basically, uh, one thing led to another. And I realized, hey, let's shoot an opening. I wrote this opening sort of not knowing what the rest of it would be, just knowing that, you know, if I make it, it could either just stand on its own and it would be its own thing. And if it doesn't work out, whatever, no harm, no foul. I spent a few grand on it, but but it's no big deal. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, like my idea behind that was shoot it and then see what you have. And when you see what you have, then you'll know what the rest of Debbie and the Devil will be. And so on March 10th, last month, we shot the scene and it was, I mean, the day was crazy. I mean, they have this, this uh, phrase, anybody in the biz knows what I'm talking about, but making the day, it, which basically means you get all of the shots that you need that day because we had one day to shoot. That's all I could afford. And uh, we shot at my factory, at this factory in downtown, at this factory space. And we shot it, and it really did not look like we were going to make the day. Scarlett was there. My uh, DP, Lucas Petassi, had wrangled an amazing crew, really great guys. And there were so many little technical things going on at the beginning of the day. You know, our call time was at 8, and we were supposed to start shooting at 9. We didn't get to shooting until like 11.30 to 12 or something crazy like that. But we made the day. And I was able to cut it together. Right now, Dylan Terry, who uh, he briefly came on a on a on a podcast episode i think when i was talking about train to busan he came to my room to give me like a shirt actually i'm wearing the shirt right now it's like a a shirt with a robot designed by eji tsuburaya on it and uh, he's doing the music and so suddenly you know in shooting it and sort of cutting it together i realized oh okay i know what it is i know what it is i know what the movie is and so next week, after I send in something to a producer friend, something this other project that I'm writing, and while he's reading that, in that two days that I have free, where I, you know, uh, uh, you know, this producer is reading this other project thing that I'm working on, in that two days I'm going to crank out this script, and it's going to be fucking awesome. It excites me to no end, like. I want to make movies that I would pay money to see. It's as simple as that. And that may sound absurd <laughs> to some people. I don't know why, but that's my MO. I want to make something that I would see. I want to make something that I think is not just cool, but that would get something emotional out of me, that would freak me out, that would I would think is disturbing and funny and all that great stuff. That's what I want to do. Uh, you know, and so the next time I have something to say in regards to Debbie and the Devil, I will put out a update uh, podcast, and that's what this is. Debbie and the Devil. It's going to be the greatest fucking horror film ever. It's going to be so awesome. One of the things that I'm trying to sort of recreate with this is the experience that you get at, at Horrorthon. Horrorthon is this thing that they do at the Arrow Theater uh, on Montana Avenue and they do it like the weekend before Halloween or maybe the weekend of Halloween I actually as a matter of fact I don't think they do it the weekend of Halloween but they do it the weekend before Halloween and it's basically they show six or seven horror films from 7 30 to the morning and it's one of the funnest experiences you will ever have 
going to the movies because people are yelling and not in any way that's obnoxious but people are screaming and having fun and laughing and making comments and stuff like that and although i don't want anybody to make comments during my movie because that would be rude but uh i i I wanted to create something i want to create something that that has that energy because there are some people that categorically hate horror films they will not watch them they will not you know put themselves through it they 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 don't see why anybody would want to put themselves through such stress but then there's another group of people that that they have that palette in them to appreciate such things as I don't know, Wolf Creek or something like that. Like they 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 like that stuff. And then there's also the the, the type of uh, film goers that just like anything that's good that don't discriminate according to genre and stuff like that. So with Debbie and the Devil, I really want to make something that's fun and cool and something that stays with you. And with the thing that I have in my head, with the thing that I'm going to sit down and write next week when I have like a couple days, you know, I'm taking a staycation uh, next week for spring and stuff sort of recharge my batteries you know i've been working a lot you know helping out and stuff uh i will sit down and write this script and it will be the greatest horror script ever and then i'm going to make it because it's sort of written around locations and then here's the other thing here's the thing that i have to let my ball sort of drop which is i gotta knock on doors in terms of financing i finance the opening scene myself and it is so not sustainable to make a, an entire movie like that. Like the movie, the, the, that one scene, it didn't cost me a lot by Hollywood standards or even by independent film standards. Because if there's one thing that I've learned in these 10 years, 10 plus years of, of making indie film stuff and making short films and writing scripts, it's I know how to write my budget. And I know how to, you know, squeeze two pennies together to, to, to make something that doesn't look totally cheap. You know, at this stage in the game, with the technology the way that it is, with, uh, you know, everything that's available, you do not have an excuse of making a bad movie, whatever your movie may be. The, the you know, the second you decide to make a movie the pressure's on i mean whatever you know it's like if you can't take the heat get out of the kitchen but what i'm saying is you can put me to it you can you can you i'm a man of my word i do not have much of an excuse you know in this day and age let's say i get a a a decent you know modest financing or whatever by whatever means because there's there's money out there i just gotta find it you know and you know there's a few people that i'm thinking of talking to and stuff but I have no excuse of making a bad movie. I really don't. You, in this day and age, you have to be really dumb to make a bad movie. Or, I mean, you know, that's not totally fair to say because these things are so difficult to uh, predict. On the day that we shot the opening scene, and it sort of is designed to be able to stand on its own and stuff. But what's funny is, you know, after shooting it and cutting it together, I realized, oh, I know how to make this work. I know how to, you know, uh, how to use this for the script and stuff like that. There were so many, and it, it, we had to mush so many shots together because of time. Because we, we, it just did not look like we would have enough time to get all of these shots. And it's not like I sit down and, 
design these big complicated shots they were very simple but it's like because of time and this and that we had to mush everything together but in mushing these shots together they came out beautiful and it's just one of those things that you cannot plan you know what i mean like 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 it's all about compromise it's all about you know rolling with the punch and being able to you know handle what happens in the day my dp was telling me that when he was driving back from the location he was pumping his fist that he was so happy i was on cloud nine i was driving with scarlet and i was just telling her this is what i live for this is you know because i mean the 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 pain that you go through on the day on set or whatever and it looks like you're not going to make it and it looks hopeless and everything is scary that evaporates so quickly in comparison to the 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 feeling that you get when you're driving back from some place and you shot and you got what you needed it's the greatest feeling like i have been on cloud nine pretty much since march 10th and today is uh april 25th like i've just been so happy and the reason i've been so happy is because you know i i i have a piece of my movie i have been in the process of making my first film since i was 12. every month i would have a new idea and i'd be writing it and i would then i would abandon it and go on to the next idea and it wasn't until i was in my 20s that I would actually fin complete scripts you know like finish them and stuff like that and i would always finish them and then kind of feel like this isn't the right fit this isn't this isn't the one that's going to be my first movie and with the thing that i have in my head for debbie and the devil again it kind of makes me giddy because it's so fun and it's so funny and you know horrific to some people and cool and fun and it's just just a great thing you know people think like they ask me what do you mean when you say you want to make movies for kids because the things that you come up with are so either raunchy or violent or this and that and what i mean by that is like people that are young at heart i consider people in their 20s to be kids i do because they're not totally mature yet like you're still figuring out what you want to do in life and stuff like that and I'm telling you, the, the the idea that I have cooking in my head for Debbie and the Devil really does kind of make me giddy. It makes me, uh, yeah, giddy. Totally giddy. And so that's the Debbie and the Devil uh, update. Uh, this is the first update for Debbie and the Devil. That's where we're at. I'm going to write the script. And once, you know, a new update-worthy thing happens, I will come on the podcast and I will release a little update video. Uh, next week, unless our schedules get mishy or whatever that means, uh, Jason and I are going to be doing a recap of the final episode of Into the Badlands of the of this uh, current season. And then the week after that, we are doing a Marvel mega cast about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I'm trying to get Alex, Jesse, and Jason all in the same room. And now I'm going to leave. I'm going to just leave them in the same room. No, I'm just kidding. I, I want to get them all in the same room because I realize when Marvel movies come out, it's a big thing. And I, I created this thing called the Marvel Mega Cast where I would have those three cats and myself in the room talking about the film. Now, uh, if you've been following the podcast, you know that we have this new amazing rating system of 10 ice cream cones. And uh, the top rating is a ice cream sundae. So our new rating system for the Nasred podcast is 10 ice cream cones. And if the movie completely blows you away, 
it's an ice cream sundae. And I will preemptively say, not just for me and my opinion, but for you, the listener, this is a preemptive thing. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it beforehand. When Debbie and the Devil comes out, it will most definitely be an ice cream sundae film or a banana split. And they're equal, ice cream sundae and banana split. But that means it will be the top, craziest, awesomest horror film ever. And you will never be able to watch horror films the same way again after you see Debbie and the Devil. It will be the greatest horror film ever. It will be better than all of the horror films you have ever seen. It will be even better. It will be the greatest horror film ever, 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 ever. And if you disagree, suck my balls. No, I'm sorry. That was really rude. But anyway, so that's our show. That's the Debbie and the Devil update. Uh, the, the, I have a script idea, and I'm going to be writing it next week. So uh, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nasred. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Nasred. Email me at nasredpodcast at gmail.com. And visit me at nasred.com for all of your Nasred needs. And please do like, share, and subscribe on iTunes. And leave me a beautiful review. And buy a Wild 7 Productions t-shirt. 10% of the proceeds go to Children Incorporated. Goodbye, you bloody horror fan, horror freak, cinema fan freak friends. I love you.